Hello, listeners. Welcome to today's episode of the 15 Minutes of Fame podcast. This is episode 39, and I'm your host, Erica with Celeb Connect. And today I'm really excited to be here with comedian Peter Anthony. And we're going to be talking about all sorts of funny stuff. Hi, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Erica. Pleasure to be here. The 15 Minutes of Fame podcast, your destination to learn from people that are passionate about their business and have amazing stories to tell. Are you ready to elevate your expectations of what you thought was possible? It's time to get inspired. So, so Peter, you're from Nova Scotia, you're from Pictou, and now you live in Toronto. Um, I guess I'd like to start with your journey into the comedy world. Were you always a funny guy, and how did it start? Sure, I think, um, yeah, uh, the the short answer is yes. Uh, (laughs) I was... Definitely um, the, the sort of stereotypical class clown, uh, which doesn't mean I was a bad student. I think that's one of these weird uh, stereotypes about class clowns that we didn't pay attention and we, we didn't, you know, we were distracting in class. But I was, I was very particular about when, um, when I chose to be the class clown. So uh, I liked school growing up, but I liked fooling around and I liked joking around and making people laugh. And then when I left Picto, I went to university uh, at Acadia, which is in Wolfville in the Valley in Nova Scotia. And there I met some like-minded people and we formed a sketch comedy troupe. And it sort of started to evolve from there. Uh, we had a local access channel, channel 10 show that we did back in Pictou County in the summers. And then, uh, from there, uh, obviously when that group disbanded, when they went on to do real human like work, uh, grown up <laughs> professional type stuff. I decided that maybe I'd continue down this road and see what happened. And, and here I am uh, almost 20 years later uh, now as a stand up comic professionally in, in, in Canada. So, wow, two decades. That's awesome. I knew you were going to say that you were a class clown because a lot of comedians say that they they weren't always funny, but I I know you a little bit personally. So I knew you were going to say that. When uh, you meet so many comedians doing this job and then you sort of realize how uh, diverse the backgrounds of each of us are. But the one thing we do have in common is this weird need to make people laugh and to validate ourselves through comedy. And that, that extends not only, uh, you know, on stage, it extends in our personal lives too, uh, with our family, with our friends, with our partners. Uh, it's just, it all revolves around making other people laugh, which is usually, uh, usually a lot of fun. I've said this a lot of different podcasts, but I also think I'm funny. I mean, I don't think I'm as funny as you. Um, and I should mention, it's a pretty bold move to call your, your website, peteristfunny.com. So that's saying it yeah. all right there. Yeah, well, well, peteranthony.com was already taken by a real estate agent in New York. And it was funny because actually, well, 9-11 is not funny. I should preface it with that. But after 9-11, this real estate developer from New York, he had a, a, an animated GIF, I think that's what it's called, of the, of the twin towers coming down and then a bald eagle with a tear coming down its face. And one of my buddies was Googling me and went to this PeterAnthony.com website. He's like, Jesus, what's Peter doing on his site? He thought it was my, my, <laughs> that was my site. I'm like, no, man, that's not me. That's not me. I'm PeterIsFunny.com. So, yeah. I'm not the bald eagle World Trade Center guy. Yeah. That's good. I had a comedian, Chip Ambrosio, a U.S. comedian, on a few podcasts ago, and we were talking about bombing. And I wonder, do you have any 
good stories about a time that you've got on stage and, and just bombed? Well, yeah, I do actually. I think, I think every comedian has bomb stories. My favorite one is probably, uh, it happened in Red Deer, Alberta. So I spent some time out there and I was on tour and I was in Red Deer and the, the gig was in a legion. Um, and it was a really, really big room. And about maybe 10 minutes into my set, uh, it's not going great, but I feel like, oh, this, this could really turn into a disaster. Uh, so I really kind of tr tried to focus in and just up my energy. And, and, but sometimes things outside of your control happen because just as I'm <laughs> at the 10 minute mark, this guy like f pushes back off his table and it's holding his, he's holding his neck He's, he's, he's just like motioning like this and, and, and the whole room just doesn't pay attention to me and looks at this man who's choking. He was choking on a chicken wing, apparently. Oh my God. And, and then he started to get the Heimlich maneuver. And then this woman was trying to give him the Heimlich and then she wasn't working. And I was actually like doing play-by-play -play commentary on the microphone at this point. Oh. I'm like, we have a man, he's choking, he needs some help. He's getting the Heimlich maneuver, and then she kept going. I'm like, let's let's get that, let's get it, let's get it going. Come on! Oh and then all of a sudden, this this other man comes up and pushes the lady who's giving the Heimlich out of the way because she's not getting it done, and he he gives him one good one, and the the chicken comes out of his mouth, and then everyone breaks up to applause, and then I basically bombed for like 20 minutes after that. Because how do you follow a, man, a person saving someone's life in the audience? So, but I that one stands out to me as being one of the oddest and worst shows of my career for sure. <laughs> that's hilarious like I feel like yeah you could have maybe you should have taken a little break <laughs> right there, there was nothing I could have done after that because then I tried to segue back into material and then I would, I would constantly be talking about how amazing the, the experience we just had was watching a man you know have his life saved and it was so weird it was so strange but those things happen I guess that's a funny story. When you first started doing like the strangling motion, I thought you were going to say that the guy was like, you're killing me. Like, yeah, you're awful. terrible. I, I kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, of course, my clients are mainly corporate clients, you know, and, and you do corporate work. So what kind of material do you typically do uh, when you're when you're doing corporate corporate comedy for groups? Sure. So in the comedy clubs, there's basically no barriers generally on what we can and can't say, subject matter, words we can't use. Uh, whereas in the corporate world, you kind of just take the clean material and develop a show using that. So if, if I'm in a corporate environment, there, there might be actually two versions of a joke I do. One, one that's a little more blue, but one that's a little more clean, or I don't use this angle, or I don't go in this direction. So the corporate material is very clean, uh, friendly. It can still sort of skirt along the edge a little bit just to keep people on their toes. Uh, which I like to do, but it's generally uh, like family movies, you know what I mean? Or PG-13 would be a good way to look at it. Um, and then lately, what I've been enjoying doing is just creating material uh, on the spot. Uh, and I do that by just reaching out into the audience. Um, and I do a lot of stuff for specific companies. So these people generally know each other or at conferences, they, they know each other. And sometimes they've even spent the last couple days together uh, and I'll, I'll ask what they've been up to and I'll just create comedy and, and, and sort of improvise on the spot. And people really enjoy that. And it's a neat skill to sort of, uh, work on and, and, and hone because I think when you create stuff on the spot, it's, it's special. Uh, and it's, it's, it's only something you can do once. So it's, it creates this really cool kind of 
experience for everybody. And if you can do that with comedy, it's, it's so much fun. I love that. And that is a unique skill because not all comedians can do that or even be bold enough to attempt it. Yeah. But, well, uh, I think one of the things about it is that I've learned is just to, how to trust yourself. So I, th I think as a comedian, it, it's difficult because there's a lot of doubt involved in the process. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like, will this go over? We're constantly trying things out. And there's always that voice in the back of your head, like, oh, this one, this might not work. You know what I mean? This, this could bomb. This could be awful. And so to, to try to create on the spot, it, 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 you have to shut that voice off. You have to be like, this is going to be fun. This is going to work. This is going to happen. This is going to be special. These people are going to have a lot of fun with this and just sort of roll with it and then trust yourself. And yeah, after two decades, I, I finally trust myself a little bit. <laughs> That's good. New tagline, Peter Anthony, the confident comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. Because Peter is funny. The one joke that, because I've seen you a few times now, and the one joke I love is the one when you're talking about Nova Scotians, and when you're talking to them, they're using the word imagine, like imagine, and like how like crazy it is, like it gets long. Every time, like, every time I hear you tell that joke, it, it cracks me right up. And I know I did yeah. not do a very good job at it, but I love that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's where you, you uh, the, the word can be short or long. So like you, like sometimes people will say like, uh, like, I, you know, I won uh, 10 bucks on a scratch ticket. Imagine like that. But if, but if it's a really big claim, they, they, they hold the word, the, the, you know, I won the lot of 649. Imagine like that. <laughs> so you hear it all the time back home. I love that. See, I love comedy like that, where it's something that you know, but it's just never really occurred to you before. And then you hear it, you're like, yes, that is so true. I like that. It's easy to make fun of us Nova Scotians anyway. Sure. And everyone's funny back home too. So I, that's why I love going back there to perform. Everyone, everyone's hilarious and everyone gets it. And that's rare. Like a lot of places you go, it's weird. Like I don't have to, like when I perform back in Nova Scotia, I don't have to, um, go to them they're already there you know what i mean they're already they're already with you so you can it's almost like you you're starting on second base as opposed to at the at home at home base you know like you're halfway home already so it's really yeah. neat when i go back home if, if there was a corporate client looking to book you i mean what do you bring to the event that you know that may be different from other comedians sure well one thing that i bring is i actually i'm i have a business degree i went to business school and I went to graduate school to do my master's in business before I became a comedian. I didn't finish the MBA. I always make a point of saying that. I actually quit a halfway through graduate school because I just wanted to pursue comedy and, and acting and show business. So one thing I like to do at these corporate events is sort of relate that way with people just because I still am interested in business. Um, I, I really enjoy talking to entrepreneurs and business people just about business in Canada. And so I always relate to people that way and I can always sort of bring that to the table, which is sort of a unique selling point, I think, for somebody like me that's going to corporate events. Um, and sometimes people are kind of shocked. They're like, why don't you go back to school and finish your MBA? <laughs> like that, it always comes to them to that question. I'm like, who are you, my dad? Come on, man, leave me alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Comedy is more fun, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I've actually um, been, been a part of this a really special event in Toronto for the past eight years. It's called Humor Me, and it's where I, I pair up with uh, some business leaders from Canada uh, and teach them to do stand-up comedy. So we create a five-minute set, 
and then they compete against one another. And it's always at the Elgin Theater in downtown Toronto. Uh, and, and it's all for charity, of course. And they compete against each other in this contest. And it sells out every year. It's enormous. So this year, I, uh, I met up with Joe Natale for a couple months. He's the CEO of Rogers Communications. And we developed a five-minute set. And so just to, just to sort of hang out in the CEO's office and <laughs> trying to come up with jokes and everything, it's what's really bizarre. But it's one of the most unique and cool and rewarding experiences I have every year. And it's always for a great charity. This year it was, was for sick kids here in Toronto. Um, and, and this year we raised almost $2 million in one night at the event. So yeah. it's, it's quite a special event. And again, it's just this way that my business background and my education and comedy kind of come together uh, in, a, in a unique way. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a special thing. And I think that's, certainly one thing that differentiates me from the pack. Um, and it's something I, I enjoy too, as well, all the time. Yeah, I think that's really great because it is so important to, to understand that the bigger goals of the event, you know, aside from just making people laugh, you know, there's a bigger reason why that event is happening. You'd be at a charity oh, yeah. event or, or something corporate, you know, bringing people together, whatever the goals are. So I think that's great. If it's okay with you, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. And, uh, sure. you know, just answer me whatever, whatever you think of first, okay? Shoot. Okay. What's invisible but you wish people could see? Smell. <laughs> no, does that, I don't know if I want to see smell. Wait. Because, no, actually it would be good because if there's a bad smell, you could see it and then you wouldn't go towards it. You know what I mean? You'd know who it was. There you go. <laughs> That's right. A penguin wearing a sombrero walks into your room. Why is he there and what does he say? He's there to give me a margarita, and he says, sir, welcome to Mexico. <laughs> uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. That doesn't make any sense. Why is there a penguin in Mexico? I don't know. <laughs> that makes no sense. That was Sombrero. the weirdest question, the weirdest answer. Um, Thanks, so, so people can find you um, on our website, celebconnect.ca. Uh, where else can people find you? Sure. I'm at peterisfunny.com. Anyone that wants to contact me can do so through my website. On social media, I only use Twitter. Um, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, possibly for political reasons. <laughs> I won't say it this way. <laughs> but I, I got off five years ago. So I got off uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, before this political firestorm. So I just, I just uh, stick on, stay on Twitter. That's great. Well, this has been super fun. You're hilarious. I love talking to you. And when you're in when you're in Toronto, uh, reach out. We'll we'll get some eggnog. Yeah, we should. I'll definitely give you a buzz and see if you're around. Totally.